Lord's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. I'm going to be preaching out of Ezekiel chapter number 33. Ezekiel chapter number 33. I'm going to begin with verse number 1. chapter number 33, verse number 1. The Bible says, And again the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon the land, if the people of the land take a man off their coast, and set him for their watchman, if when he sees the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people. Then whosoever hear the sound of the trumpet and take not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own hand. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him, but he who takes warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword coming, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will require at the hand of the watchman. So thou, O son of man, I have sent you a watchman unto the house of Israel, therefore you shall hear the words at my mouth and warn them from me. Let us pray. Most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, God, I love you, Lord. I thank you, God, for another opportunity to step up behind this pulpit and preach this gospel, Lord. Lord, I pray, God, that you'll send down the preacher, God. Let me get out of the way, Lord. Give me words of wisdom, God. Clarity of speech, God. God, I ask you, Lord, that you anoint the hearts of the congregation, Lord, and bring glory to your name, God. I'll give you all the praise and give you all the glory in the name of Jesus. The church said, Amen. Amen. I'm going to be preaching tonight over the watchman. I got a buddy at work. He's big, Jason. He works with me every night when I work over there. And uh, we talk about two things that most people just can't seem to get along with. And it's going to be religion and it's going to be politics is what we normally address every single night. All night long we discuss religious issues and we discuss the things that's going on in the government. We discuss the things that's going on inside of our nation about the downfall of society, how they are running away from the morals and the standards of God like we have never seen it before. Over all the years, it seems like it's a rapid decay of our nation. I'm not trying to speak negative tonight. I'm not trying to speak anything out of context tonight. But I want you to see exactly what is going on in the world today. Not just in our nation, but the other nations all across the world. Yeah. It's not just, it ain't just America. It's not just Canada. It's not just Africa or Israel or all the other nations in the world. But the whole world in a whole seems like they are falling apart. Breaking down of the cultures. Just in our nation. The racist movements. Things that are causing divisions. How in such a short amount of time that we as in men and women of God have seen the very crumble yeah. before our eyes. What is going on around us like we have never seen it before. How our nation, it just took a few decades. It just took a few years to seem like they try to refine the morals of our society. They want to redefine what marriage is. They want to redefine what gender is. They want to redefine what even sexual orientation is. I want you to know they can think of some junk. Yeah. That once 
points. Once we had watchmen that preached the Word of God the way it needed to be preached in this nation. But now, there's so very few of us left. But now, like I said before, it's a dime a dozen out there of people that's just not simply preaching the truth. They sold Him out. They sold out the gospel of Jesus Christ. They compromised everything. They compromised what real, sound, holiness of doctrine really is. They compromised what it means to jump to the cross. Fall at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. They compromised everything with their gimmicks. Everything. With their pizza parties and their shows and every other thing that they can think of that grabs somebody's attention in the house of God. They sold out and compromised God's truth. Yeah. God's values and God's standards of His Word. They watered everything down that Christ died for. Yeah. What's wrong in America is what was wrong is now right. What once was evil is now being called good. It's being called acceptable. Peter said it best. He said, save yourself from this untoward generation. Everything is being promoted. Everything is being acceptable in our nation today. Everything all the way up from behind the pulpits. I want you to know what I'm talking about being acceptable. I ran across the preacher on YouTube and he began to say, would this not be crazy? When a preacher gets up and he addresses the the congregation, he says, I just want to address y'all tonight, not to be alarmed, but we're going to be we're going to be talking about the the lifestyle of pedophilia. I don't have nothing about or nothing against pedophiles. I love pedophiles. I have pedophiles that are friends. I have pedophiles in my family. I'm telling you, I love the pedophile. God loves the pedophile. And I think that the church house ought to be more open and acceptable to the lifestyle of the pedophile. When you address issues like that, it sounds crazy. But when they push adultery, and when they push fornication, and when they push homosexuality, when they push every other lifestyle outside or inside the church house as being acceptable, as being grafted in, I want you to know I still believe in the holiness of God. Even in Corinthians chapter number 6, God says, Know you not that the unrighteous shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. No matter if it's thieves, liars, covetous, fornicators, adulteries, all that other junk, all that perversion. If you want to continue to live in your sin, you will not enter in the kingdom of God. Amen. God is dressing Ezekiel. He calls him a watchman. A watchman is a man in power to be responsible over something. Chosen for the duty to oversee, to watch over something. Chosen for a duty to look over a city, to look over a people, to look over a nation. His job is to warn the people, to alarm the people, to sound the trumpet, giving warning that at times of trouble, trouble's coming near so they can take refuge away from the trouble. He is a warner. Yes. In verse 3 it says, If when he sees the sword come upon the land, he blows the trumpet and warns the people, and then whosoever hears the sound of a trumpet and takes not warning, if the sword come upon him and take him away, his blood shall be on his own head. I want you to know that set of scriptures right there is explanatory. It's very simple yeah. that my children can understand this. It's very simple that the watchman, it was his responsibility. 
responsibility to sound a trumpet yeah. when the enemy draws nigh. Yeah. It was his responsibility to be a looker, to be a watchful man of God. And his same job is as a preacher is of today. It is their job to preach this gospel, yeah. preach this doctrine, declare to the man that the heart of God is in Christ and Him crucified. Yeah. And it is God's desire to seek and to save that which is lost. Yeah. Amen. To preach truth, to preach righteousness, to preach holiness. For God is a holy God yeah. and He still requires a holy people. Yeah. God never has changed. In this set of scripture, they took not warning when he sounded the alarm. They took not reproof. They took not counsel. If you want to look at it in modern terms, they rejected the word of God. They didn't heed to the call. You heard it said before, light rejected is light withdrawn. People in this verse, they chose to go to hell. That's what that means. When they didn't take heed, and when they didn't take ear, give, give ear unto the preacher. When they did not want to hear, thus saith the Lord, they chose to go to hell. That scripture is pretty clear on that. When a man or a woman sets out there and you begin to preach the gospel of God to them, giving them a better way, giving them an opportunity, and they reject that gospel, I want you to know it's just like we're sitting down at your table and I sit heaven and hell on the table. And they say, I don't want heaven. Give me hell. Hell is what you're going to get if you do not heed to the word of God. We must make it clear what's preached for the sake of Christ for those that are lost out there. We must make it clear to set before them Christ and Him crucified. We must make it clear so they can accept or they can reject the truth that God has given them an opportunity to receive. A real opportunity. A real choice. To choose that which is right in the sight of God. Verse 6, six says, But if the watchmen see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any, any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity. The man that was taken away, he was taken away still in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at the hand of the watchman. I want you to know in layman's terms, that preacher knew that they was lost. That watchman knew that the enemy was coming on the scene. That it was bringing, bringing in the sword against them. That was having limited a lifestyle of sin out there. He didn't raise his voice to warn the people. He seen them in their sin. He seen them in their carnality. He seen the way they live. He seen the way they talk. He seen the way they walk. And he didn't open up his mouth to sound no kind of a trumpet. I want you to know that preachers, men and women of this gospel that preach and teach the doctrines and the principles of God, we will pay a severe price for false doctrine. Their blood, their blood shall be required on the hands of the watchmen. God said it Himself that the world out there, if you don't preach to them, their blood shall be required on thy hands. And another thing is that you'll pay a price. This is hard to swallow. You will pay a price if you just sit there and be quiet. You'll pay a price if you just keep to yourself and you behave. You'll pay a price when you see them. You see them dead in their sins. You see them dead in their lifestyles. You see them. You see the family members. You see the children out there. You see the loved ones. You see those in the church house. Friends you grew up with. If we declare to keep our mouths shut, we will still have to pay that price. The Scripture says, 
that he did not sound the trumpet. He did not let them know that the sword was coming on him. Oh, he didn't give them a chance. He didn't give them a choice. He didn't give them an opportunity. The only chance they probably ever had in life. Listen to me. The only chance they have not have ever had in life was you. Yeah. The only righteousness that they might have ever seen in anybody was in you. You. Me. The church. We may have cost them everything because we chose to keep silence yeah. in the church house. We chose not to bring opposition, not to make anybody feel uncomfortable, not to put ourselves in an uncomfortable position. We choose this. Real opportunities of truth that they've ever had. And we said nothing. We didn't sound no alarm. We didn't sound no trumpet. We didn't do anything to give them this gospel of Christ. We didn't give them any way for them to repent and to be saved. Yeah. God said in the scripture that they die and their sin. They are still dead in their sin and their iniquities. When it means that they die in their iniquity, that means that they die lost. Yeah. When it means that they die in their iniquity, that means they die and go to hell. Yeah. They are still not free from this. Just because you didn't say nothing doesn't make it an easier road for them. God will still judge them according to the works and the deeds of their heart. Yeah. Because of me, perhaps because of you, we have robbed them of choices to choose Jesus in their life. Their blood, if I don't preach truth, it will be required on my hand. Yeah. That means that God holds us accountable for the things that we say, not only behind this pulpit, but out there yeah. in the world, out yeah. there in the job site, over there in the grocery stores, the things that you say to your husbands or your wives, the things that you say to your family members. I want you to know God makes us give an account for the Word of God. Yeah. We deny life. Life. Think about that. You deny life to them. I always said it before, it ain't always heaven and hell. But when it comes to the saved and the lost, it is always heaven and hell. It is always them reaching out because they need a Savior to save them yeah. from their sins. Yeah. It's always that when they're lost. You've always tried to get them to the place of repentance to be saved. Yeah. I know I'm not a very polished preacher. And I know I'm not a politically correct preacher, but I know I'm a man that loves God. Yeah, I know that I'm a man that fears God more than I fear man. Yeah. Praise God. God does not change through our cultural trends. I want you to know that. God doesn't change just because it's 2022. God is still the same yeah. God He was 2,000 years yeah. ago. Yeah. He's the same God He was He's not 
things that's going on outside of him. He doesn't change his mind. He never, ever changes his will, nor does he change his character. He doesn't waver in him. There is no shadow of turning. There is no verbalness. Oh my God, is the same then as he is yes. now. First Timothy Amen. 2 and 4 says, Who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. The truth is that God, God loves you. God's heart and desire is to save you from your sin to the fact that the truth of God is that He sent His only beloved Son to die for you. And whoever shall believe on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Because you are blessed. That reason and it stuck with me. I was flipping through YouTube the other day. And he said, the reason why that you are blessed, keep it in the back of your mind, that's because he was cursed. And I'm telling you, every time I talk to somebody at work and they say I'm blessed, it hits me in the back of my head. And it reminds me the reason why that we are blessed yeah. is because Christ was cursed yeah. in my place. You're righteous because He is unrighteous. You're justified and He became unjust. You're holy because He became unholy just for you. You're loved because He had to become the one that had to be hated because He that knew no sin became sin that we may be the righteousness of God. You're saint. Oh, because Jesus became the sinner in your place. Isaiah 53 said, Smitten of God and afflicted, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And that the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes we are healed. I want you to know tonight that Jesus loved you so much that He took your place. That you could take his. Praise God. When much is given, much is required. When God given you so much, much is required. I know we're blessed. I know we're highly favored. I know God God has his hand on us. That he has a hedge about us. That it says that the angels are encamped about them that fear the Lord. God is with us. But God... When much, this salvation, when Jesus gave so much, when God gave so much that He gave His only begotten Son, the very best thing God can give you is His Son. When much is given, much is required out of the church of the living God. Much is required out of the Christian. And that is not the message that we get from behind the pulpits today. When much is given, much is required. God has given us everything. And in return, God requires everything. Nothing in your life belongs to you anymore. All your gifts and all your talents and all your abilities and all your potentials and all of your opportunities in life belong to God. Everything that you are, you are in Christ. We died. We are dead to sin. The old man is dead because the Spirit of Christ is resurrected and lives inside of me, lives inside of you. Paul says, I die daily. We are created in newness of life. Servants of righteousness. That your life is God's life now. That your desires are God's desires now. If you want, if you say it, you'll want what God wants out of you. A watchman these days don't preach this anymore. 
A watchman these days, they don't teach you that you've got to die for him to live. That's not very popular if you notice. When a preacher stands up and starts telling you, you've got to die to all your dreams and all your desires and all your wants, I'm telling you, most people click it off. Because they love themselves. But Christ says that you've got to deny yourself. Yeah. Your selfish wants, your selfish desires, your selfish goals in life, ambitions, your selfish attitudes, all your dreams are vanity because they was all revolving around yourself. Yeah. I told my wife earlier that our children shouldn't even go to college to make sure they get saved. Just in case they get in college and they get involved in something, they pick out a, a job that God doesn't want them to have. And they go four years through college. And I'm telling you, God did not want that for their life. Our children, it means that much. When you start revolving around the will of God, all of our dreams and all of our hopes and all of our plans, they simply seem to get changed when it comes to God. Yeah. He's a light under my feet. Yeah. Or a lamp under my feet. And here's a light under my path. The watchman. Watchman. I was watching a YouTube video the other day. I watch a lot of YouTube. I watch a lot of preachers. I'm telling you, it seems like every spare moment that I get, I'm tuned in. I'm trying to hear that gospel. I'm trying to hear some other kind of understanding, another way to look at something. I want to know truth. And if you love truth, you will search for truth. Yeah. And I heard this preacher say that God has evolved His understanding. And that those that don't live for God, He has evolved Him and said that we have been wrong. That God didn't really say it like that. That God really didn't mean it like that. That we got to be open and acceptable to all their lifestyles because God loves all of them. And we got to accept all of them in the lifestyle that they're living in. I want you to know that is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. God never told us to accept sin. God has never told us be unequally yoked with the unbeliever. God has never told us to dance with that devil out there, to accept his Christ, to accept the way that they live. God has told us to love them, show them Christ, and make sure they know a better way. Paul said, they are forever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Men of corrupt minds, reprobates concerning the faith, watchmen, faith preachers, faith prophets, faith teachers, washing out, selling out the gospel of God, preaching a different Jesus out there, preaching a different type of cross out there, preaching you can live any lifestyle that you want to live out there as long as you come to church and pay your tithes. They fashion their messages around your wants. They fashion their messages around your evil heart's desires. I'm talking about the world out there. that They, they hang it like a little lure in front of them. Oh, and it attracts them. It brings them on in. Oh, it entertains them. It grabs their attention. Oh, it sounds so good. I remember Clint Dennis says, any doctrine that excites the flesh and doesn't move me to the holiness of God is a doctrine of the devil. It don't matter if they teach you how to make money. It don't matter if they teach you how to get rich. If they do not bring you to closer to have a holier walk with God, it is a doctrine of the devil. Yeah. And it was birthed out of hell. Yeah. It doesn't matter what they tell you. No, no matter no. what name they tack on it. It came out of hell. Yeah. We have been given a responsibility. Responsibility to preach truth. A responsibility to sound an alarm in this wicked and evil age. A responsibility to sound a trumpet. To be a watchman. A responsibility to be a standard of the Word of God to a lost and dying world out there. Does not change with our culture in our society because God does not change 
what was wrong 2,000 years ago, I want you to know it is still wrong tonight. Yes. What was right 2,000 years ago, yes. I want you to know that it was still right, yes. it is still holy, and God is still has His hand upon it. Yes. <laughs> we would like to believe that a watchman is just a preacher. We would like to believe that a watchman perhaps is just a pastor. Let's just push it all on him. But I want you to know that sheep begot sheep. Yeah. The pastor can't be everywhere all at the same time. He's not omnipresent, omniscient. I'm telling you, we have a responsibility yeah. to be watchmen. Mothers have it to their children. Fathers have it to their children. Grandparents have it to their children and their grandchildren yeah. and all their friends and all their families. You are called the sound of the alarm that Jesus is Lord and that Jesus yeah. will save them yeah. if they will repent. Yeah. Jesus said, you are the salt. You you are the salt of the earth. You, through His power and through His Spirit and through His covering, it is going to be you through Him that preserves this standard of the Word of God. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill because you cannot be hid. You are a living epistle. You are the example. You are the witness to all that is around you. They become your responsibility. 2 Timothy 3.16 said, All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections, for instructions in righteousness. Society, for the most part, would like to do away with the Word of God. Society, for the most part, if they can't do away with it, they want to change it. Why do they want to change it? Because the Word of God turns to them like a mirror. It shows a reflection of a man's life. If you're a liar, it will show you that you are a liar. If you're a thief, it will show you who you are. God does not have no respect of persons. God don't have no favors. I want you to know God still wants to call whosoever yeah. will. Yeah. This Bible will show them who they are. Romans 1.25 says it turns the truth of God into a lie. And they worship the creature more than the Creator. I don't know about you, but a lot of us don't worship a whole lot of snakes anymore. But I know one thing that we do worship. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, until heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass. I want you to know God is going to preserve His Word. Yeah. And His Word is going to be fulfilled through His power. Through, I'm telling you what, God's Word shall stand sure farther and longer than the creation of the heavens and the earth. Yeah. He said, the earth, the heavens and the earth shall pass away, but God's Word will never. It shall be preserved. For His people. God has called us to be watchmen. God has called us to be witnesses. God has called us to be Christians. Yeah. To be a Christian means to be Christ-like. Yeah. That we have characteristics of Christ. Lifestyles of His example. To preach after His example. To follow after Him by His example. God is looking for characteristics yeah. of His Son in you. I hear my wife say it all the time. She says, my boys have my eyes. My boys have my ears. My boys, they, they, they look just like me. I want you to know it's the same thing when God looks down above us. He says, does He have my heart? Does He have my patience? Oh, does He have my love? Does He have my long sufferance? Does He have my temperance? Can He shut His mouth and put His hands down? Because He loves His neighbor. He's looking for the characteristics of His Son inside yeah, of you. Yeah, yeah, 
season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort. He said, preach this doctrine. Preach this gospel. Preach this word. Stand behind every single counsel, every judge, every tittle of the word of God and preach it as real and as honorable as it is. Because if God hates it, we have to have a desire in our heart to hate it too. And if God loves it, then we need to love it too. We jump past a couple of scriptures and we're going to go down to verse number 14 on Ezekiel. Verse number 14 and 15. It says again, when I say unto the wicked, God talking, you shall surely die. If he turns from his wickedness, turns from his sin, and does that which is lawful and right, if the wicked restore their pledge and give again that which is wrong and walk in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live and he shall not die. I want you to know, us as Christians, we see a scripture quite like this when the dead becomes alive. I want you to know we get excited about seeing real men and real women getting changed under the power yeah. and anointing of God. We will shout and we will skip yeah. and we will slip our hands up and say God is good. Yeah. And a preacher will stand up and they will say as far as the east is from the west, God has cast our iniquities from us and it is good yeah. and it is holy because God is faithful and in Him there is joy unspeakable and full of glory. But the point I'm going to be reaching for if you back up if you back up some of us miss the scripture of verse 13 verse 13 sometimes we overlook it too quick we read right past it some of us ignore it. Some of us don't understand it. And some of us do. And they don't want to know what God hath said. Verse 13 says, When I say unto the righteous that he shall surely live. And if he trusts to his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all of his righteousness shall not be remembered. But for his iniquity that he hath committed, he shall die for it. He says, when I say to the righteous, God said, God spoke. He said, when I say to the righteous, when I say to the Christian, when I say to the Spirit-filled, when I say to my dearly beloved, when I say to the one that I have declared righteous, thou shalt surely live. means that God God made him alive. God made him righteous in right standing with him. He said, Thou shalt surely live justified. Justified, never done nothing wrong. God justified me like I have never done nothing wrong in his sight. Washed and covered by the blood of the Lamb. Yeah. We are covered yeah. by the blood yeah. of the Lamb. Yeah. And it says, if he trusts to his own righteousness, this does away with eternal security. This does away with God predestined us. It does away with all that junk out there. It takes the, the free will, moral choice away from man. God says, if he trusts to his own righteousness, I read Swagger's input on the commentary. It says, if an individual thinks that he can trust in his past righteousness to save him, when he commits sin and continues therein, refusing to repent, his past righteousness shall not be remembered. His righteousness, when, what does that mean? When we look at it in a whole, it means when you're good and saved and you have been good and saved for 50 years, walking upright, walking just, 
being grateful unto the Lord. And you declare in your heart to start living a lifestyle of sin. Start living contrary to the Word of God. And have God deal with you. Have God try to mold that heart. Have God come down and sit down right beside you where you're sitting at, pleading with you, begging you, wanting you to change, wanting to change whatever it is that you're involved in. And we know God is dealing with us on grievous sins, whatever they may be. And you won't change. And you continue to walk therein. In your iniquity, you continue to walk therein, your willful sin. You continue to walk therein in your transgression with an unrepentant heart, knowing that God is pulling on your heartstrings, and you continue to reject light. Your righteousness, God says, shall be remembered no more. Your righteousness is gone. What does that mean? It can't get any plainer than this. When God says that you can't live for your righteousness anymore, when God says that your righteousness shall not be remembered, it can't get any plainer than the Scripture says right now. When you choose to live a lifestyle of sin and God is still with you and you refuse His hand, God says your righteousness, your salvation, your covering is not going to be. That's, that's hard preaching right yeah. there. And it's tough preaching right there. But I want you to know that's what men and women need to hear yeah. when they sit in the pews that God loves you, that He will save you if you walk therein. Yeah. Praise God. Your faith in Christ. Ezekiel verse 11. God says, Turn ye, turn ye from evil ways. For why will you die, O house of Israel? God always has pled with men. He pleads with them over and over and over, sending warning, sending trumpets, always giving them a message to have an opportunity to accept Him by truth or reject Him. 2 Corinthians 7.10 I went over this a couple of months ago and I'm going to go over it because it fits. 2 Corinthians 7 it says, For godly sorrow work repents unto salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrows of the world worketh it. I'll read it again. For godly sorrow works repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, for the sorrows of the world works death. Godly sorrow. Life changing sorrow is what godly sorrow is. That you want to change your life for God. You're hurting and you're desiring forgiveness from God. That you know when you did wrong, it was wrong. Forge God. You had God break your heart. You have God deal with your heart and you responded to God willing to change anything and everything in your life for God. Not for your mama, not for your daddy, not for your grandparents. You want to change because God has touched your heart. It's godly sorrow. What is repentance? I heard a guy say the other day, oh, I feel sorry. That ain't, there's two, two parts to repentance. One of them is you've got to intertwine the godly sorrow. Repentance. Repentance is a change of a man's heart. A change of a man's desire. A change of a man's direction. If I am walking the wrong way, I will turn around 180 degrees yeah. and I will turn direction. Is what repentance means I will change my mindset, how I see things. I will change my actions, how I live my life, and you will see it in my lifestyle because godly soul worketh repentance unto my salvation. Yes. Amen. Repentance. 
you have sinned against God and you're going to stop doing whatever iniquity and whatever lifestyle of sin that which you was doing. It ain't because you feel bad. Because you feel bad because God deals with you and you stop doing what you are doing. I got an example. My wife said, don't you use this. If my wife came home and she caught me in the house with another woman and she come in and I jumped up and I said, baby, I'm sorry. I began to cry with my crocodile tears and of course she about to stab me. And I said, baby, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I really love you. She said, honey, I forgive you. Don't do it again. I said, okay, baby. It never happened again. She came home from work early the next night. And I was in that house again. With another one. And she came in that house. And I jumped up. And I began to cry with crocodile tears. And I said, oh, baby, I... I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I know I shouldn't have done it. Do you really believe that I was sorry? Because in my heart, I determined, I had planned, and God dealt with me on whatever it may be. And God said, oh, are you going to do it anymore? Are you going to do it again? And I said, God, I'm sorry. He said, that ain't what I said. Or are you going to continue to live a lifestyle like this? I've dealt with you. I said that it was wrong. Or are you going to keep doing it? And I say, well, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm not about done doing it. You know, do you really thank God? He knows. He knows the intentions of our heart. He knows when we mean business. He knows. He ain't like Santa Claus. He knows when we've been bad or good. God knows everything about me. Amen. He knows everything about you. Yeah. And He knows that you're trying to play Him just because you feel bad about it. Doesn't mean it's repentance. But you've got to understand that you are going to change that action, whatever it may be, to the glory of God to give you strength the ability to know by your strength and by your help. Because, oh, Christ, in Christ I can do all things which strengthens me. I have an understanding with you, oh God, in my mind and in my power. I will not do this anymore. That is repentance. For godly sorrow, work of repentance unto salvation, not to be repented of. For sorrows of the world work at death. And that sorrow was that man at my house that was going to get stabbed by my wife. There was no sorrow there. I was guilty and I felt bad because I was going to get caught. But it never was because I was sincere with God. Second Chronicles 7.14 It says, If my people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn. Everybody say turn. Turn. And turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. God said, if my people which are called by my name shall humble myself. Humble themselves before God, seek His face, and they pray, and they ask God to forgive them, and they turn from their wicked ways. Then God will forgive you. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except by me. He is the only way. One name under heaven whereby man must be saved. And it is through Jesus yeah, to enter. Oh, He's one the one that covers me. Oh, He set me free. Oh, thank God. Yeah. He loved me enough to save me, to pull me out of that old muckery yeah. and fiery glare that I was sucked down in. Jesus said, All that the Father giveth me 
shall come to me, and him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise pass out. Jesus will receive you. Yeah. In verse John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, we everybody knows this scripture. If we confess our sins, he, Jesus, is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from unrighteousness. Do you love him? Yeah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I thank God. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, God, I love you, Lord. You're holy. I thank you, God, for your love. presence. I thank, thank God you, God, for sending the preacher, God. God. Lord, I ask you, Lord, that you anoint the hearts of the congregation, oh, God. Let it fall on good ground tonight, and I know that it is, God. I ask you, Lord, that you'll strengthen us. God, that you'll bring us up, Lord. Give us understanding. Give us wisdom, Lord. Amen. Let us hold fast. Jesus name. If there's anybody here tonight, thank you. And these prayers, love God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.